Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Whatever happens with the future of this podcast, I hope that someday my son, and if I'm lucky enough to have more children, will listen back to this show and laugh as hard as I laugh at the thought of not one, not two, but now three Catherine Zeta Joneses in that stupid council of defenders. (laughs) All of them nodding in unison is never not creepy and never not hilarious to me every time I think of it. Uh, Were you saying that someone someone reviewers I was like that was the last straw like someone who said that we double cast I think it was an iTunes review. Like how pathetic are we? Yeah. Yeah. How dare they? I'm done. One star. There are so many actresses in Hollywood that need work. (laughs) You're putting one into two roles? Well I hope I hope they didn't stick around because they're about to be pissed. <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones is going to be like Anne Bancroft was to us. Do you know what I mean? No. I Anne Bancroft, the woman who played Mrs. Robinson in the, in yes. the graduation. Are you yes. trying to find creative ways to call somebody old, Grant? Yeah. I remember <laughs> the Zeta-Jones-ing of, of movies. Yeah, It no, was great. I get that. And she was young. But when they see her, she's just going to yeah, be some kids. older actress. That's right. Or dead. Oh, God. <laughs> Probably knock on wood. Dead. She'll be dead. I, are you knocking on wood to kill her or to save her life? <laughs> How dare you? Well, they, here, let's She'll be oh, dead. God. He's like, hopefully. <laughs> let's, let's pray she dies soon. Let's, let's play the tape back. She's like, or she'll be dead. And Grant's oh, like, knock Jesus on wood. <laughs> Do you know what that means, Grant? <laughs> <laughs> the death knock. Let me oh, introduce you to a little band I like to call the Mighty Mighty Boston. <laughs> they have some words of wisdom about this very subject. <laughs> I never had to. Um, A lot went down in part one And we took a ten minute break And now we're going to jump right back into part two And there's there's too much to unpack I hope you've taken a moment To think about all the stuff that went down Because we're not going to mess around here We're just going straight Into part two Straight into part two Katrezra sits up From the chair Silvermane walks out and Katresra says, this is Silvermane. I understand you met him at the council meeting. Long has he watched over Trunau as a silent guardian of sorts, silent because he cannot speak. That being said, he wants to speak to you. I am able to provide a rudimentary translation for him, though. Silvermane. And what does Silvermane do? Joe. (laughs) Oh, I see. Joseph P. O'Brien. Uh, he does a series of hand signals. (laughs) Two Katrezra. Great, for, great sign for radio. Language. Yeah. Sign language. Wait, wait, it looks like this. Oh, wow. And Katrezra says, Buffalo. <laughs> Longship. 
hey, bongo drum. <laughs> bongo drum. And, and, and uh, he waves him off. Like, no, 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 that's not what I said. That's Several buffalo. <laughs> oh, no, no, so start over. So, so, buffalo, 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 no, buffalo. No, 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 I'm sorry. He starts again. Slower this time. I thought we had thought we'd been through this. Yes, I'm sorry. I, it's been a while since I've translated for him. Goat's milk. <laughs> it's not true. Parcheesi. <laughs> the Fourth of July. <laughs> it means nothing to me. Is this? I'm no. really not good at this. If I, if I may, yes. I have perhaps a solution that might make this a bit easier. But will it ruin the bit? Yes. <laughs> Thank God for that. (laughs) You sure you don't want to do one more? I thought about it, and then I decided two was enough. Good. It might not have been funny the third time. Uh, What what is... is Put a a magical end to this bit. (laughs) Please, you must stop this bit. (laughs) I have a spell. Uh, What... what, You have a a, a solution. I've... I've tried myself, Drozier, as well, to, to speak with him. Do you have a way of speaking with the mute? If you'll permit me, I can forge a telepathic bond among us all. Among us all? Yes. He looks to Drozier. Drozier nods as if she knew you were going to offer this. I'm looking at Matthew's screen. It is literally called telepathic bond. It's a spell. <laughs> nice. Uh... Metra holds out like from her cloak she extends very long these long live fingered hands and says join me and so Droja grabs one of your hands Katrezra grabs the other and Silverman grabs Droja and Katrezra's hands I've looked up this spell because you were talking about it and uh, I think for flavor's sake, I imagine that when you cast it, rather than just speaking to each other in each other's minds, you close your eyes and all of a sudden all of you are transported to like a world of pure blackness and you're all standing there. It's like another plane of reality. We'll call it the, the telepathic plane. And in this plane, you can all speak freely with each other. Please. Silvermane, tell me anything you know about my daughter. Catresra looks to you, Silvermane. He's like, Silvermane, can you speak? I have heard of such powers as this. I mean, when I was young, I dreamed of a day when I would know such magics, but sadly I... And then Droja cuts him off and says, wait... There are others here with us. Oh, shit. What? I can feel their presence. Someone close. And someone perhaps quite distant. They are meant to be here, though. I... I can feel it. We should proceed. You hear Silvermane's voice come through. Metra. Metra. Do you hear my voice? I do. I have taken great comfort in my inability to speak. But it's never been so important to me that that you hear my true voice. Thank you for offering me this opportunity to say things in my own words. As you know, the council does not have the answers you seek about your daughter. But I do. I come to you unofficially not as a member of the council, but as a... But as a parent and guardian of life on this world. <laughs> Della was chosen to join a great battle between giants and the smaller races. She took on this challenge with focus 
and determination, and she and her companions bravely entered Minderhall's Valley, fought the stone giant lord of that land, and defeated him, but not before suffering great losses. Della was one such loss. She was crushed by the blow of the stone giant lord's great hammer. And as far as our mortal eyes could tell, she was dead. But we never had a chance to examine her body. It was taken in the final moments following the battle by the evil necromancer known as Brander. Brander's entry into Della's tale gives me both hope and a deep, terrifying sadness. Do you know this name, Brander? No. It brings me hope because Brander's manipulations of the living generally lead to his victims staying alive. It brings me sadness because what he does to them is a fate worse than death. The boy you see here, you came to see, Galabras, is one such victim of this Brander. Alive. Yes, but to what end? At what cost? Dun, 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 dun. Metro, you are like shaken out of your concentration. All of you are zapped back into the room because there is a loud knock at the door. We're zapped out of the telepathic Zapped zinc out of link. the telepathic plane. Back into the room. There's a loud knock at the door of Gell's. House. Droja and Kutrezra look at each other, and Kutrezra puts his hand up and walks past Droja to answer the door. He opens the door. What does the man look like that's standing there, Skid? Uh, he is a human uh, in his late 40s. He's got a missing eye, presumably. He has a patch over one eye. Could be faking it. Yeah, could be, could be faking it. You know, you, you don't know yet. <laughs> You've, we've uh, only just it's hard, hard to say. But, uh, and he's holding a little crumpled up piece of paper. And he's wearing like battered half plate. He's got a long sword uh, with a beautiful uh, ivory handle uh, with a, um, a tiger's head on, on the pommel. And a shield slung over his back, and a cloak. <laughs> and uh, he's and he's kind of like slashed over a little bit. He says, "Oh my God, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I don't I don't mean to trouble you. This is this Eleven Walnut Lane. <laughs> yes, this is Eleven Walnut Lane. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. This, this is the fifth house I've been to. I got pointed over here by the little blonde kid. I think it's Oath Dam something. He says, <laughs> "Not trust that kid at all." He is a troublemaker. Uh, anyway, oh, sorry. He is the most hated boy in town. <laughs> uh, he pulls himself upright and he looks at you and says, uh, "My name is Jim Hardy. I have been sent." By Shandley Finstock of the Finstock Mercantile Concern, and I have come to retrieve the remains of the boy. What? I. I don't understand. You. Finstock? We have someone here by the name of Galabras Finn. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, turns out, uh, him and his daddy had uh, issues, I guess, and uh, he uh, decided to truncate his last name as a bit of a rebellion, uh, distinguish himself, I guess, from his father's uh, sort of aims. And, uh, yeah, Glabrous Finn, that would be his name. And uh, I've been led to believe that uh, the boy has perished, and I would like to return him to his 
ancestral home so that he may be interred with the bones of his ancestors. I can tell you right now, good sir, the boy has not perished. He is quite alive, just mentally incapacitated at the moment. Would you come in? Well, that is a surprise. Uh, if, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. So you walk in, and in addition to the half-orc old man that's speaking to you, there is a female full-on orc. Uh, a <laughs> Full-blown orc. Full you really, like, orc. ride that yeah. every time. <laughs> Full-blown like, orc. You don't get more orc than this orc. <laughs> there is a, uh, a woman uh, with black hair and almost translucent skin, and there's an old elf, and they're all standing around... Holding hands. Holding hands. <laughs> or, like, yeah. They look like they were just holding hands. Yeah, they're like... <laughs> <laughs> they, they have that air. Right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you guys just holding hands? Yeah. I was like, did I interrupt you uh, hand-holding? Uh, I just, I'm getting a vibe here. Uh, <laughs> but you, s- you see that they were standing around uh, this bed where Galabras lies. Do you know... Galabras, do you know what he looks like? Yeah, yeah. He definitely knows Galabras, but I mean, he looks totally different than he did when uh, when Jimmer knew him. You see he's breathing. His chest is going up and down. Yeah. He says, oh my gods. You're right. He's still alive. Well, what happened to him? It is a long tale, but my friend, I feel as if your arrival here was fated. Droja nods. Yes. Yes, the mists. They are not as clear to me as they once were. But this is not accidental. I know that we just met you Do you care for this boy, or are you simply a mercenary? Yes, sir. Ma'am, I know I do. I I have served the boy's family uh, most of my life. I watched the boy grow up. And though he and his father never saw eye to eye, I always cared deeply for him. And it saddened me greatly to learn that he had died. I, I am very much pleased to find that that is not the case. Well, this may seem a strange request, but if you would like to know more of the boy, take my hand. And she extends her hand to you and the other hand out to the others in the room. Sense motive. (laughs) (laughs) Seventeen. You can tell she's going to cast cone of cold on you. (laughs) (laughs) Witch! Rolls a sword out. (laughs) The head's drenched. We'll see you next week! (laughs) Silvermaid just covered in blood. (laughs) I never could read, people! (laughs) Never got forte! Sprays the blood (laughs) all over Galabras' white frock. Oh my god. (laughs) No, he uh, he says he sort of (laughs) <laughs> She's taking care of him for months. He's, months? he's, yeah, just out of just kind of blind hope that in seeing him alive, he reaches out his hand and takes hers. As the others grab her hand and complete the circle, and Metra casts the spell again, you're all sent to this plane of pure blackness. And, Jimmer, you're standing, and you can't see the ground, you can't see the ceiling. I don't know what your experience is with strange magics, but you see that everyone that you were just holding hands with is still there, but there is nothing surrounding you anymore. (laughs) Jimmer. (laughs) (laughs) How do you spell your name? It's Jimmer, J-I-M-M-E-R, just like it sounds. Jimmer. (laughs) Welcome to our weird cult circle. Well, thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Welcome to Magic Fantasy Town. Well, I've always heard of Magical Fantasy Town. I'm sorry sorry to break up the party, but you just told me my daughter is dead. Oh, sorry. 
<laughs> I didn't really have a time to process that. <laughs> oh, sorry. I really did come at a bad time, didn't I? Yes, yes you I'm did. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes, Metra and I, and I am sorry for being so blunt, but I felt you would appreciate knowing I know that I would. But, Jimmer, before we continue, you must know that Galabras was felled by this villain of which I speak. His name is Brander. And he is the one who has mentally incapacitated Galabras. I and Katrezra here have worked for many years to improve our magical abilities to hopefully one day bring him from the depths of this but we have not been able to as of yet I have spent many years tracking the sorcerer that has done this to him Brander you must know has spent all of his time twisting the wheels of fate in his favor. And for two hundred years I have tried to know his mind, tried to puzzle out the games he plays with the living. I know that he thinks of himself as omnipotent, as the holder of all the secrets. But for all the knowledge that Brander has of the great doom which is about to befall our world. And for all his arcane insight and strategic manipulation of the pawns struggling against that doom, there are a few things he does not know. It has not entered his imagination that some of the very pawns he discarded have re-entered the game. I... I'm one of those pawns. And he's looking right at Metra. I have been moving pieces as well. Countering him, though he has not yet discovered my interference. I speak with you now because I want you both to know the truth about his evil deeds. I want you to know, Metra, what he did to your daughter. And also, Jimmer, your arrival is strangely fated because we've come to a pivotal moment in the contest. We've discovered the location of one of the pawns in Brander's game, a pawn that he has groomed for decades. Metra, when Della last left Trunau, she left it in the company of a knight of Ozum. <laughs> that knight is currently being held in the dungeons of Highbury Castle <gasps> in what? Mendev. What? In uh, what? <laughs> that's where he. So he made it. That's back where he is. Highbury. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> it's so funny. Like I didn't realize that would be news. Yeah, does that what well, I? We didn't know where he was. I love seeing the reaction. Yeah, we're, <laughs> and that's the whole thing. Like that's why we didn't like go to help him because we had no idea where he was. So he was there all along. <laughs> Fuck! Whoops! Oh, confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Another of Della's companions, Baron Ashpeak, notified Calrian Blix of the Knights of Ozum and myself of his suspicions and our intelligence has confirmed it. Sir Willamit Keswick is being held hostage by his own brother. For what reason, I know not. But my instincts tell me that Brander is involved. I don't know what he wants with this captive knight, but I intend to deny him that advantage. And perhaps... In so doing, draw Brander out of hiding and bring us closer to confirming Della's fate. 
If you, Metra, and you, Jimmer, would be willing to join me on this quest to take back this night, I would be honored. You tell me this night was a friend of my daughter. Yes, they were allies. He was with her when she fell. He fought the stone giant lord. He bled with her. And yet, all along, he was part of Brander's plan. I don't know why. I don't know what brought him to be chained in the dungeons of Highbury. But I feel that if we can get him... It'll put us one step closer to Brander. If this man Brander killed my daughter, then he is marked for death. Yes. And if this knight knows anything that can be of service in that, I am with you. He turns kind of formless <laughs> ethereal face looks to Jimmer uh, a lot's been thrown at yeah, Jimmer yeah yeah this is a lot he Jimmer just, just came to pick up a body he came to pick up a body <laughs> yeah. I had, he's an undertaker I had a contract this was a simple fetch quest <laughs> and it's turned into something quite different it's turned into kind of a main quest uh, he's only third level <laughs> um, I'm sorry I'm, I'm really just a porter uh, Jimmer never mind <laughs> We'll go without you. All right, that's fine. Uh, This is a... No, I'm sorry. I don't mean to seem incredulous, uh, but I was sent here on a very specific mandate, and uh, I don't want to get caught up in any other business that you got going on. Although I do sympathize, I really just came for the boy. The boy Uh, has been rendered helpless by this man. You would not stand to stop his evil... Well, I mean... To restore the boy. All for stopping evil, but I mean, uh, (laughs) what kind of uh, assurance do I have that if we go after this brandy that uh, we'll be able to actually wake wake the boy up, bring him back to health and haleness? For many years, I've thought of how this could happen. How I could bring the boy back. I want to impress upon you the love that I feel for this boy as well. I've had him in my mind for longer than you can imagine. It's almost as if I've known him longer than he's been alive. I can't explain it. But I have tried very hard to bring him back. And I have learned a great deal of magic. But I still am unable to touch this. It is only by finding this... I don't know what to call him. This villain. This twister of fate. It is only by finding him or... Finding those he controls that could give us the answers. Even if it wasn't to wake Galabras from this horrible sleep. But just for a moment to speak speak with him just to hear his mind Galabras spent more time with Brander than anyone on Galarian the depth of his importance in this tale cannot be overstated I don't mean to sound desperate but I will do anything I can to wake this boy up and to me this is the next possible move that could make it happen. Whether you choose to go or to stay is purely up to you. But I, looks at Metra, we are going regardless. So I am going to play it like this being linked together mentally, spiritually in this place gives Jimmer like a special insight into the veracity of what 
of what he's saying. And sense photo. Yeah, <laughs> no, like he's, he's they're joined, like their their minds are melded together in a way that he is utterly convinced that at least you believe that this is the way to save Galabras. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's, he he says uh, he says, uh, well, I, I I can sense that you are at least are quite convinced of what you're saying. I will join you. But I also will warn you that my primary concern, my singular concern, is that boy. And that's as far as it goes, as far as you're concerned. I, your words are noted. And any friend of Galabras is a friend of mine. You must believe me. I do. Something is happening. Do you see it? Who's this? Troja or Troja. Troja? They have the same voice. They have the same, same voice. <laughs> <laughs> have Two more Catherine Zeta Jones. <laughs> they have the oracular voice. <laughs> can you hear it? Yes, I can hear it. What about you? I also hear it. Yes. It sounds, yes. <laughs> sounds self indulgent. <laughs> it sounds like Rag Blood Tusk is in the room. <laughs> God, it makes it, years ago, I was working for a, a radio comedy network, and uh, we don't need to hear your war stories. No, no, it, it reminds me of this with uh, Randy. Jo- yeah, with Randy. That's where I met and Randy. Nick Stevens. Right, and Nick Stevens. Yeah, yeah we, there was Johnson and Johnson got in trouble for some like bad uh, drug that they put out that tri- treated schizophrenia. So I wrote a bit uh, like Johnson and Johnson talking about. <laughs> Isn't that right, Johnson? That's right, Johnson. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's one of the early bits. That's how I got hired. <laughs> but that's what it was. Talking about a solid Isn't five that bucks right, This episode brought to you by Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> I agree, Johnson. Uh, yes, Johnson. But no in more this tears. Case, it's 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 uh, She's like, can you see? That, And mind you, everything in this telepathic plane that I've flavorly invented is just pure blackness. But now you see, often the distance, if distance can be truly measured by this space, two flames, small flames, like flames from a candle or a lantern, just maybe about five feet apart. And above them... Uh, a flaming sphere and all of you can see into the sphere and you see something happening a scene playing out there's a there's a grove surrounded by trees dry leaves on the ground some large rocks and then a wind picks up out of nowhere whipping the leaves and the small pebbles into a frenzy as an old black and red Drake just lands oh, in the clearing. What is this? <laughs> what has happened? What's this Drake, Grant? <laughs> we can't quite see, but it looks like a, a small humanoid, probably a dwarf, steps off the back of the drake. <laughs> oh, Grant, what is this dwarf? <laughs> oh, he's a fucking Drake riding dwarf. <laughs> This dwarf. (laughs) (laughs) He's so excited. He's wearing unusual plate armor. It's made out of mithril. It's covered in dwarven runes and something else. Strange etchings that don't seem quotidian. He has a buckler on his right arm and a battle axe forged out of a strange metal on his back. His black hair is held up from his forehead by a headband with a silver setting. In the middle prominently features a black opalescent stone. His beard is full, but only has a few rings intertwined. Seven, to be exact. His pale, pale skin accentuates his orange eyes flecked with golden shimmers. They shimmer like cat's eye stones dotted with inky black irises. Golden jimmers. Golden jimmers, (laughs) right in the middle of those bad boys. And he's played... Golden jimmers. He's played by 2019, but super jacked. Gerard Butler. Oh, so like so crow's feet. Old, yeah, yeah, crow's feet. Yeah, and like stout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, I almost cast him in, in one of our shows. 
because he's awesome. He, he is. is. And uh, and I was like, guy. and I was like, he's a little too old for the particular character I needed. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to be like, you know, Gerard Butler <laughs> back at three hundred Gerard Butler. <laughs> Do the Scottish accent. Uh, nope. No, it's, it's, do it. it's him doing not his own regular voice because I can't do it. Well, let me ask you, it, it, before the Drake <laughs> takes off, does he say anything to the Drake? He looks back as he unsaddles this off the so Drake. This is fucking badass. And he says, oh, Wendrill, you've been such a treat to live and work with. <laughs> I, I thank you for this last journey. And he places the back of his hand like under his eye and kind of rubs the top of his eye kind of like you would pet the side of a dog's head yeah go now this will be the last time we'll ever share space together and this old ass drake the same drake (laughs) that we saw in the first vision from part one takes off for perhaps its final voyage Getting real How to Train Your Dragon vibes with the Gerard Butler. <laughs> oh. And then this dwarf makes his way out of the grove, and you guys are all watching this in the telepathic plane. Walks out of the grove, out of the clearing. This doesn't happen every time, I promise. <laughs> I know, Troy, you have um, just a spectacular ability to change what Pathfinder spells do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing. Uh, was it? uh, by the way, I, I don't, don't take my tone the wrong way. For the better. Thank you. <laughs> For the better. Scrying, telepathic yeah. bond. Scrying has never been so fun. Uh, <laughs> in- insects. <laughs> insects. Spies. <laughs> you name it, I'll ruin it. Oh, oh, make it better. <laughs> too late, too late. Dwarf on a drink. <laughs> I, I just can't understand what these spies are saying. Jimmer eyes. <laughs> the dwarf walks out of the clearing, out of the woods, towards the direction of a city surrounded by walls. This is all happening in flashes, like. You don't know if this is happening now or already happened or is going to happen, but you see the dwarf walk into the city, walk up to an inn, walk up to the Ramble House. Oh. I hope he read the Yelp reviews. What? <laughs> well, he walks in and Cham Laringfass, the halfling. Racist. <laughs> checks him. Known racist. Known racist. Checks him in, brings him up to, oddly enough, room 28. So the, wait, oh no! That's yeah. not the trap room, is it? That's the trap room. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He. Uh, there's, there's a. Well, it's a novelty thing now, so yeah. it, there's yeah. a buzzer. It's like right. staying in a haunted. And it gives you a little yeah. zap, and yeah. then Cham laughs. Yeah, That's like, what all the tourists it's like. It's not a big deal. It's just a flame strike. It's like trap. the Stanley Hotel, like up in Fort in Estes Park. <laughs> it's just a flame strike trap. It kills thirteen residents in other rooms. And now time moves forward again, or backward, or again. You're not quite sure what's happening, but we see inside the room. Past the flame strike trap, this dwarf sitting on the floor, his hands outstretched, sitting cross legged, both over two lanterns oh. with the flames licking at the back of his palms. Oh. And as he sits there, there is a flaming sphere in front of his face that he is looking into. And now, as he looks through, he sees you, and oh. you see him. And oh. he sees us and seeing he him. he sees oh. us seeing, we'll see you next week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth oh time God. I that. Yeah. Man, that's never, time I thought it, it was. I totally <laughs> lost track of time. I thought that was probably it. It I'm, never gets old. I have, wow. a, I have a nosebleed it gets now. Old. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you, your character, Grant, you feel as if they're looking at you you're looking at them if you speak they can hear you and I think I'll take it back like 30 seconds right before I showed up here and like he he got into the room he checked for traps because he's read the Yelp reviews smart Put his clothes in the dresser. Put his clothes in the dresser. Pulls <laughs> them right away. Ready. Check for some false bottoms. <laughs> By the way, that's what Grant does in every hotel. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I do too. I'm not a slob. Yeah, you guys are yep. weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then he kind of sets up these two lanterns. Sits on in the, the ground. absence of a dresser. I'll put my clothes in the end table next to the bed. Really? I can't have them in my suitcase. Right over the Gideon Bible? <laughs> right over the... Oh, yep. Take that Bible out. We, use, my we actually use the Gideon Bibles in Dallas to flatten the posters. <laughs> no, no, I remember that. I remember that. 
Sorry, Grant. <laughs> and he just sits down cross-legged with his hands, like, right at the place you would have your hand where you would pull it back if you were trying to see if, like, a stove was on or, like, yeah. you know, if, if yeah. the lighter was working on your cigarette. And he just goes, mmm. And before the orb shows up, the flaming spear in front of him, he does this, I call upon the Inferno, and I call upon you all, Floros, Mahar, Vilani, Yamatsumi, Yamiri, and yes, even you, Rova Gug, the despised world breaker. <laughs> I call upon you to show me what I seek. Tell me, it must be seen. And the jimmers in the center of his eyes disappear. <laughs> and you just see these, like, orange, jewel-like spheres in his eyes. And they just kind of the flex endlessly move up and down. And he can see into the inferno what no one else could see in that moment. Wow. And he, back to where Troy left us off, and he just says, Katrezra? What? Oh. Droja? I've never met you before, but I feel we were destined to meet. It is seen. And both Droja and Katresra say, together in unison, it is seen. Well, that was convenient. What <laughs> is happening? For the voice acting. <laughs> I sensed another's presence. Troy, you did an unbelievable job of doing both their voices at the same time. You couldn't I distinguish. Mean, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> the two. That yeah. moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad we have it recorded. I spent a long time prepping this. Good. <laughs> <laughs> they, Droja says, like, I felt the presence of one close and one distant. Perhaps you were the one that is close. You are near, Yes. Is that the Ramble House? Yes. The accommodations are a little bit lacking, but at least it wasn't trapped. Yes. It's, it's, it's known to be shitty. <laughs> so, you are also in Trunau. Yes, we are maybe 15 minutes away from where you are. Just, I, take, just take an Uber. I know not what you seek. But I feel as if our fates are intertwined. What is your name? My name is Adriel. Adriel what? Adriel Ashpeak. Oh! What? 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 Silvermane, you hear that. What do you say? <laughs> I was this close to kicking you out of this meeting. <laughs> Until you said that name. Ashpeak. I know an Ashpeak. A barren Ashpeak. Do you know this name? The hero of this town? The sheriff, they said? The sheriff. And he turns again to Metra. The sheriff who wrote us. The sheriff who wrote us and told us of Della's fate. Who wrote us, and he looks to um, Jimmer, of this night's situation. He has been at the forefront of all the happenings thus far. And an Ashpeak he is, but an Ashpeak he did not know he was. Do you know this name? Uh, I should say, Silvermane is deeply suspicious. Now, the fact that he said he knew Drojan Kutrezor obviously buys him some time. But he, you know, he's very close to telling Metro to shut down because he was like, we're being watched by somebody on the dark side. Right, this could you be know, Brander. A Brander connection. Right, right. Mm -hmm. A lieutenant or something like that. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, but now, you know, hold it from ballgame. So, um, but his voice carries a, a deep weight of sort of suspicion with it. We should meet in a public place. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Lots of people. The Hope Spring in 15 minutes. Set your watches. Go! <laughs> Silverman, you should know from both Droja and Quatresra that the visions offered by the mysteries have not been as clear as they once were. I only recently found out myself that I shared a lineage with this man. I did not even know that his first name was Baron. I was sent to this place by my master... 
Whom do you serve? I serve Kilpoth, she who is feared by the unjust, hated by the malevolent, and despised by tyrants, but loved by the feeble, powerless, and disadvantaged. This is your goddess. Yes. She may have the powers of a god or goddess, but she lives upon Galarian. Uh, do I know this? Have I ever heard of it? Is this like a really like out there religion or is it no, a common religion? The name doesn't yeah. strike a chord. But it's fine. I mean, everything that you rattled off is all pretty good. Um, <laughs> obviously. Um, you could certainly roll a knowledge religion if you have it. Uh, I do. Um, 15. What do you think, Grant? So you may not have heard of Kilpoth herself, but you've probably heard of Terendalev, who is a badass silver dragon active in the world wounds. Oh, 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 wow. Yeah, wow. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Wow. Somehow related to Terendalev. And if you know... Oh, wow. And if you know anything about Silver Dragons... Wrath of the Righteous. Yes. I know Terendalev, and I know Silver Dragons are, like, super good. Doc. They're, doc. Yeah. Doc. Are you telling me? <laughs> <laughs> You're building a time machine? <laughs> are Out you of a telling me? <laughs> you found Terendalev? <laughs> Uh, the one and only um, Silver Dragon. All right, so that was the nerdiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I've seen some nerdy things in my time. We're with just you getting all. warmed up, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the level of starstruckness with Skid and Joe at the name, <laughs> at the name of a dragon <laughs> in the Pathfinder universe. <laughs> You know what? I, for one, appreciate it. I know what. <laughs> Honestly, you would appreciate it if you played Wrath of the Righteous at all. Uh, it, it, because it is. I was not invited to that game. A, exactly. Don't worry. For, uh, for reasons like this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, it, it, but, but Terendalev is an epic, epic creature uh, in the, to that game. So, uh, is that the one? From, it is. That's the one from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to say. Oh, anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say anything else. Yeah. But uh, when you're reading it, especially as as a GM. It, it's it's really breathtaking to hear like that name again. So um, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It kind of takes Silverman back a little bit. And if his knowledge uh, role was enough to know that it's related to Terendalev, then he's like, "What brought you to Trunau now at this time? To Trunau now? Trunau now? <laughs> what brought you to Trunau now? <laughs> to Trunau now? Jam dam dam. We did that Bang one too. We did. Bang it up, ain't too no. No no. Oh lord. Yeah. Yeah. I serve my master Keelpath as an emissary of sorts, and typically I stay in and around her lair, but I was forced out of our roost because she is in a great degree of danger. Before she became inaccessible to me, she told me that I needed to seek out Ashpeak. That meeting with this man might lead to a future in which I save Kielpa's life. Up until this point, I could look into the inferno itself and see the future. But there are just as many things that may be as will be inside of the inferno these days. So, I'm just as unsure as you are of what will happen next. It seems as much as I may try to move the wheels of fate... There are greater powers among us doing it as well. Perhaps they see what it is I seek. I 
We pointing to Jimmer and, and um, Metra. Plan to take back a prisoner of an evil sorcerer by the name of Brander. He is holding captive a knight of Ozum, a paladin of Iomaday, who is being held in Mendev, the very land which Terendelev protects, the very land which Terendelev oversees from demon onslaught. It is no coincidence that you look through the fires into our telepathic link at this time. We seek to go to Mendev, that very land, and possibly learn more of this dark, twisted creature named Brander. I don't know if it will answer the questions you seek of your god, but I do know that this Keswick is greatly tied in with the Ashpeak line. He is well known to the Baron I speak of. In fact, it is Baron Ashpeak that ordered him to Highbury in the first place. What a dick. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot see now how it all connects. I will not claim to. But there is something at work here that is speaking to us all. It is seen, and as the Hmm. flames of Kielpath reveal all, so too shall they cleanse whatever demonic force assuages this Keswick. I'm game, and ready to fight. And then he poofs (laughs) out of existence. (laughs) What? (laughs) And then like five minutes later you hear... Hey, 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 hey. I'm ready. I have, a, I have a bottle cap here, and this is a bottle cap that you told me about, Joe, that belongs to you, Grant. Because you explain it, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, Matthew, you already have your bottle cap, but you're a part of this as well what? because it's yeah. it's rather unbelievable. We could call it a Grant and Matthew shared. Bottle cap, but it's Grant. It's Grant. Uh, uh, I'm not going to get to you until you tell him why. Well, I did my research uh, in preparation for the episode. So uh, when I was going to do Silvermane and when I wanted to try to free Sir Will, I went back and I started listening to, to the stuff that we had recorded around the time that uh, Sir Will left. And sure enough, um, when the scrying happened, where we saw him in the dungeon in the next episode uh, you guys were about to head off with four bears it's in the episode where you meet four bears mm-hmm. you say you know you're gonna head off here's your new companion but you're like hold on a second we can't just ignore what's happening to Sir Will we right. have to like address this in some way like we should send word to Highbury and you're all like yeah 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 we, get, we gotta send word to Highbury meanwhile Troy and I both know at the time that he's in Highbury he's in a, yeah, dungeon yeah, yeah. Right. Um, right away you know the letter that Troy read about the death of his brother. Uh, this is something that, you know, we had known from Fred the start Rick. was going to draw Willamit into some really bad stuff. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Grant is then out of nowhere like, I think he's in Highbury, and I don't know that sending the letter there is such a good idea. Oh, wow. So we can send it anyway, but I want to send another letter to someone else. And then you all sort of come up with uh, the Knights of Ozum because you were like he was a Knight oh, of yeah, Ozum yeah, yeah. Right, so you're right. like alright we'll send one to Carrion Bricks and we're kind of like and then you make a joke about CCing uh, other people on it <laughs> yeah. and everybody's laughing and under the laughing you can clearly hear Matthew go CC Silvermane <laughs> oh wow <laughs> it's canon wow. it's, it is canon wow alright which right. allowed me to say all of this stuff that I said about like being notified about Sir Will wow. our intelligence oh, confirms wow. that he's in the castle wow it's all stuff from the show that you guys came up with. That's so. awesome. I remember Grant saying it. And I'm like not making eye contact with Joe because I'm like he's nailing it. Yeah, huge. Wow. Huge. Well, that's why when Skid had the reaction to you 
or Sir Will being in the dungeon, I didn't want to say anything. But I was like, I thought that already happened. <laughs> I thought that was obvious. I thought that no, was, I, 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 I didn't I think it was obvious. I, I might have been confused, I, but I, no, I no, had no. been playing it that like we did not know where he was. You were not. That was the reason. Yeah, that was the reason why we didn't act. Yeah, because otherwise we would have at least talked about going to save him if we knew we where he was. We could have teleported. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It certainly wasn't clear. There were no. suspicions on yeah. Grant's part. Yeah. Right. No, you did not know at all. And it was only shocking to you as players. Like, the reason that it was portrayed this way by me is because, like, your characters don't care. Like, you know what well, I mean? Like, your characters yeah. don't know the difference. The, right. But as players, there's no... You don't need to ramp up to that explanation. It's the, just right, like... Right. The reason I was so suspicious was because of all the backstory you laid about how uh, Sir Will was never accepted by his family. Mm. And well, I, he was excited by time. Right, story, right, but, but like yeah. it was, it was tough and shitty, and like I had a feeling some bad shit could be happening in I his thought, absence. I thought it was that his family was super supportive. Yeah, his family was great. So and that's not quite it. I don't know what you're remembering. There was some. I, I, Grant, I might be remembering something. You wrong. got your bottle cap. No, you can't take it away. You can take it away from. <laughs> I got your bottle cap because you were super confused. <laughs> no, I, I mean it's been a while, but I had a reason and something Joe said where I was like, well, yeah, yeah. There you, was something pick, you, you picked said. up on something. I, could, I can't. Oh, remember oh, that. you're not wrong. There are clues. I'm yeah. not going to say them right now. You said certain things, clues. and there's like vision stuff where you talk to your brother, and like there was all sorts of stuff throughout. But yeah. I was like, something's not right here. Yeah, let's check going down in Highbury. So Highbury. you're at the door. Highbury. <clears throat> you guys are taken out again from your reverie. Ah, damn it. Poor Jimmers is going in and out of <laughs> now, now Silver, plans. Now Silverman can't talk anymore. Yeah. Thank God. He answers the door. We're going to get another farmhouse <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, so you, you know, Droja and Catrezra let you in and uh, you see. You see an elf, you see a Kyle, you see a man, and another young man on a table. Along and with the Silverman orcs. is very quickly going to uh, sign to Ketrezra, like, explain to him that I can't speak. You know what I mean? So he doesn't think I'm rude. And Ketrezra says, uh, volleyball, Canterbury Tales. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Give me a break. I'm terrible at this. I'm he, sorry. Where's, Hal- where's Halgra? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Halgra's the only one that really knows how to do it. Adriel sees Katrezra and Droja and then Galabras incapacitated on the bed mm. and just says, Baron's memories and thoughts have been blocked from my visions, but I still feel the edges of his emotions. And I can feel nothing but positivity emanating from all three of these creatures. Whatever this means, it must be a good omen. It is seen. It is seen. Mean. I love this new phrase. It's awesome. It is seen. Yeah, I like It's that. like it is known. It, it is, is known. Yeah. It is seen. By it your man. Seen. Yes, it is known and seen that Baron is unkillable. Yes. Long. <laughs> Destroyer of lives. <laughs> Conqueror of great lands. The very forces that control the entire world of this planet. Cannot even kill him. Yes, they've tried. <laughs> Some would say he's overpowered. They are right. <laughs> For he only hits against Touch AC. Now from 60 feet away. Wait until you get a load of me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is in. It is in. What is the plan, Silvermane? You speak of... This is Katresra, by the way. You speak of trying to save this young knight. Can you explain to them what your plan is? And do we go back into this plane? Or... How many times do you cast telepathic bond per day? Well, I mean, I I can cast seven level five spells a day. Let's get back in there. Oh. Do we know your class? You do not. I was just going to say, that was a hint. It was. That was a big hint. It was a big hint. What? What? He's a, <laughs> uh, he's a barbarian. I'm not, not going to say it until He's Matthew, a witch. I'm not going to say it until Matthew says gonna. it, but I just got a big clue. Uh, so, got a um, raging clue. Got a raging clue. I also um, I fear for what happens in, that, in part three. It's already very late. We're very pungy. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you can you want to bring it back in again? All right, everybody, grab hands. <laughs> you know, I'm still trying to grieve here. I imagine that 
as Silvermane is outlining the plan to you all, and I, I in my notes, I write uh, Silver Tusk. Uh, <laughs> Silver so, Silver Wait, what? Is explaining the plan. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just thought it was Joe's bad accent work. <laughs> so as Silvermane is talking, like I, I think we don't hear the conversation happening. I imagine it all of a sudden like taking the form of a film. Like we we see you guys on your way to Highbury. We see we see Silvermane, Metra, Jimmer, and Adriel just on their way to Highbury. They're walking along mountain ridges and shit. It's like lo- those Lord <laughs> of the Rings wide shots. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like uh, in the snow and shit. And while this is happening, we're cutting back and forth between those shots and shots of Silvermane from a time prior at Castle Farine with the Knights of Ozum. Oh, right. And they're like right. in the war room going over the plan and Calrian Blick steps forward. <laughs> Played by Sir Sharon. Yes. And, you know, it, it's showing they're like uh, They're using long sticks to move big pieces. Yeah, but, like around. Well, <laughs> those, those, those croupier sticks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and she's like, I, I received the same letter from Baron. But little did I know how dangerous this situation is. And, like, again, shots of you guys, like, crossing rivers, helping each other over uh, over giant uh, gaps in mountain passes. She says, well, we have allies within the Highbury Guards who remain loyal to Emmett and Sophia Keswick and who oppose this villainous takeover of the holding <laughs> by Bartholomew Keswick and his new bride. Ooh. Again, oh. shots of you guys like just like climbing a fucking moon. <laughs> yeah. The wind is blowing. <laughs> Ice axes. Metro falls yeah. off and dies. <laughs> Last one. <laughs> Keep going. Keep, Keep going. going. Keep going. Hi. <laughs> I wonder who Matthew's part three character. I know. <laughs> she she continues. She's like a pair of these guards who remained loyal have arranged a time when there will be a momentary blind spot on the eastern courtyard which has a direct access door to the dungeons. The door will be locked, but if Oyomadai wills it, they will be there to let you in. More shots of you guys. From there, they must flee for their own safety, so there may be other guards loyal to Bartholomew that you'll have to deal with. Meanwhile, the Knights of Ozum and I will lead a charge directly at the castle, drawing Keswick's forces out and hopefully leaving the castle sparsely manned until we knock the front door down and regain control of the castle. Madra, no! <laughs> Adrian! Silvermane! <laughs> and then Silvermane just... Yeah. <laughs> open mouth. Don't say anything. He's mute. <laughs> he screams in muteness. While we try to take control of the castle, you, Silvermane, and this team you speak of, you must find Sir Willamette, remove him from his cell, and return to the eastern courtyard to slip out the eastern gate with none the wiser. We do not wish for bloodshed. You're just hearing her voice now and you're seeing you guys like get to the eastern courtyard. <laughs> there are no doubt many good knights who may have thought they had no choice in this matter. At the same time, you guys are skulking past things, making sure you're not being seen. At the same time, there are many dark rumors out of Highbury of great evils at work. We will go in armed to the teeth, and you should do the same. I am loath to fight the guards of Highbury, for it is likely they are simply following orders. But I fear there is a greater evil at work here, and they must be stopped. Cuts back to them, and she's looking at all the knights of Ozum, and she looks right at you, Silvermane, and is like... For Iomaday. <laughs> and all the knights, like, raise their swords and bang them on the table. For Iomaday! <laughs> and we'll see you in part three. For <laughs> Iomaday! Go 
Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. 